The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the eighth chapter. Jesus' mission includes foreigners, and his authority extends to the casting out of demons. Some who witness Jesus' work are seized with confusion and fear. But the man who was healed is commissioned to give testimony to God's mercy and power. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wild. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons have entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes, and they asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this morning, for its beauty, for the wonder of your love. We thank you for children and for their innocence for their ability to accept who they are and love themselves and as we age lord we sometimes aren't so content with who we are what we're becoming and you are the great makeover artist who will change all of our self-doubts and all of the self-hatred sometimes and uh, change us also to love others who are not perfect in our families in our acquaintances in our co-workers uh, we pray lord for us always to be eager to be made new and to serve you uh, with all that we have and uh, especially, Lord, help us to be open to the gospel this morning and the lesson that comes within it. In Jesus' name we do ask it. Amen. 
I think it was last October, or I think it was uh, October or November, that our church took a bus tour to see uh, Jesus, the production out in Amish country at the Sight and Sound Theater. At least I know that we had a busload of probably 50 people or more who went to see this very, very well-attended show that's been on for almost a year now. The special effects in that production were incredible, as they always are. Whole villages would line the sides above your head where people were making bread and uh, coming in and out of their homes while on stage in front of you, there was a whole nother action. Regal white horses, yes, full-grown horses with saddles and Roman soldiers in helmets. And they had spears as well. They would descend off of the stage, coming down platforms right down next to you in the center aisle, the side aisle, down the ramps, and they would walk all the way back out the back doors. Pens of live, oinking pigs and bleeding sheep are also in various scenes. But once... One scene was just exceptional, and it was spellbinding. The one few people seem to recall is this gospel story, as I've asked around. Though this story of the Gerasene demoniac, as we call it, Gerasene being the land where he was, and demoniac being a man possessed by the devil, thought it, the, the story is told, if you can believe it, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It is a story I don't believe that I have ever preached on. At least, I don't recall it. And so I did a lot of research yesterday and the day before and had a lot of fun doing it. Jesus and his disciples, you see, were crossing the sea from Galilee to go to another region when a huge storm comes up. The huge waves rolled on the stage at sight and sound. I couldn't believe you could do the water. looked like it was going to spill right off the edge of the stage into the audience. The boat was rising and crashing. There was thunder in the sky and Jesus standing in the boat. The disciples were afraid they would all drown. And Jesus shouts to the tempest and to the sea and it is immediately calmed. The boat begins to just lilt back and forth. It was fabulous as a stage production. But next, that boat sails into foreign Gentile territory, where, as we said, the Gerasenes lived, and where good Jewish boys don't visit Gentile territory. And here's one reason why. As soon as their boat hits the beach, a naked man obsessed and possessed by many demons, confronts Jesus. He was an outcast from his city, from his own people, and now he lived only up into the hills and in tombs. Yes, he lived in the tombs. Can you imagine? But down on the shore, he desperately cried out, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, what have you to do with me? Now, Jesus was already into the healing mode for this man, casting out the man's multiple set of demons. The mental and the spiritual torturers of this poor man. These demons which tormented him day and night. The cruel townspeople tried to control him by locking him up from time to time in chains and shackles, and they posted a guard to watch him. 
They hoped that keeping him out of sight would keep him out of mind. But he would constantly break free and roam the wild hillsides. Jesus asked him his name. Legion, he said. Legion. That's not anybody's name. It was a sad fact, though. His name wasn't really legion, but it was a term that described the vast number of demons that possessed him, mind and body and soul. You see, a Roman legion was a certain number of soldiers, sometimes 2,000 or more. Jesus was actually asking him, who are you to the demons that were so overpowering inside this poor man? On top of that, he was a Gentile, this man before Jesus, questionable company for a good Jewish man because they were unclean and they did not know the Jewish law nor the one God the Jews worship. David Lose, former president of Philadelphia Seminary, says that this naming of the poor man Legion breaks his heart. It implies, says <clears throat> Los, that he no longer has a name of his own, but he's now only known by his infirmity, by the magnitude of his oppression. I think that's why I imagine Jesus healing him as something akin to giving him a new name. You know, like when Abraham and Sarah, Sarai, are given names and an open future with the promise of a child. Like Simon, who becomes Peter, and Saul, who becomes Paul, Jesus gives him a new name, and with that, a new future. We are given new names when we are baptized. We're called children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. I'll pause to let you all digest this. Okay, that's long enough. But now, does Legion seem far removed from us moderns? Uh, are there a lot of memories that you have of seeing some people like Legion around the streets? Well, that is something to think about. We do have memories of, that haunt us from time to time from our past, or we have addictions. We have afflictions physically, loss of mobility or sight that also possesses us, changes our sense of self, changes our attitude, sometimes our family would say. It changes our confidence, and it keeps us up at night, some of our afflictions, our demons, you might say. If this Bible story seems a bit far-fetched and removed from our own daily life, then listen to this reflection on the text from Pastor Lori Archer Ribel. <clears throat> She's a pastor in North Carolina. Demons, she says, we all have demons. Of course, instead of addressing them head on, we often go to great lengths to avoid them and silence them and control them. If all else fails, escape them. Voices. Feelings, 
out-of-control thoughts, habits, all those fragile parts of our hearts and our minds and our bodies we thought we had control over, overdose and addiction is the number one cause of death in Americans over the age of 50. And did you know those vaping jewels hold the equivalent of 20 cigarettes of liquid nicotine each? 37% of our high school seniors and over 10% of our eighth graders vape already. One in every five adults has a prescription for opioids. One in every five. And almost 70% of all drug-related deaths involve opioids. Yes, we all have demons, which is probably why Jesus made the trip to a spiritually unclean, Roman-occupied, Gentile town full of swine herders in the first place. Jesus had a point to make. No one, no one is so unclean that we are out of God's reach. But we don't really want to hear that. Indeed, as our gospel story continues, the townspeople catch the news that the pigs, their pigs, have just run off the cliff. Obviously, many just lost their livelihood, the bread and butter that paid their bills for so many families. And now their future is at risk with no pigs. Yet this possessed man, Legion, is sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. Naturally, he asks Jesus if he can please come with him. He wants to follow Jesus. He wants to be his disciple. He doesn't want any more of these townsfolk, you can imagine. But oddly, oddly, Jesus says no. A hard response to take. Stay here, he says to the man and declare how much God has done for you. Whoa. To be an evangelist to the townspeople, the man who they locked up in the graveyard, chained and kept under guard by Roman soldiers, that this is their evangelist? Not an easy assignment. But because he is the cured one, also, the local pig in industry is non-existent. Plus, Jesus now asked him not to leave his community. But they do ask Jesus to leave. Oh, yes, the town people come rushing out to see what all the commotion is about, what happened to their livestock. They're furious, and yet they are so afraid of this man, Jesus. What would he do next if he did stay? So as is often the case, Jesus is asked to sort of disappear. Leave, please. We don't want any more of your gospel message or your healing. But Jesus will continue to call us, my friends, to face our demons wherever we are and allow him to cast them out. 
out of our way. He will send us out to raise up others as well who need release and grace and who need hope in their afflictions because they are also children of God. I close with a story that I sort of heard from my husband this week. He was having breakfast with his old high school buddies. Uh, it's been over, you know, 50 years or so, even more than that. The five or six of these guys get together every two to three months to have a check-in, talk about life, talk about their aches and pains, which are many, and the good old days, which are farther and farther back. Yet one of the men in the group has sadly been stricken with severe Parkinson's disease. He can no longer feed himself or share at all in the discussions because he cannot speak. So he sits, sits hunched over in his wheelchair at the cafe table, requiring some one of the boys to raise the fork for him so that he might eat, bent over. But what truly mattered was that he still felt included, valued and loved, despite his silence and his crippling afflictions. As they went outside to find their cars, a wonderful thing happened. This man was placed in his wheelchair in the center of a caring circle formed by these old classmates. And one by one, each guy went up to him, shook his hand, and said something affirming to him. They sensed that this would be the last time they would have him with them for their reunion breakfasts. The travel was just too hard, and his wife said she couldn't do it anymore to bring him. Nobody heard what the other one was really saying, but their actions showed him and each other, despite his awkward silence and regrettable dependency, that he was still one of the boys. And that love expressed meant everything to him. He was not excluded like the demoniac. Love expressed made all the difference. And Jesus asks us, can we do the same for others? Day in and day out. So they may know the love of a God who casts out all the legion of our sins so we can be with him forevermore. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>